the morning. This is Carolot, and you're tuned into TankTV.com. <laughs> This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? How was the weekend? It was great. Really? Yeah. Did you do much? Nope. Get down a little bit of drinking, being that you don't drink during the week? Oh, yeah. Yeah? That's the drinking shift. That is the drinking shift? Yep. Yeah, you know, I ended up getting wasted on Thursday night, and it kind of just ruined my weekend of plans of drinking. Yeah, you got a you got a peak on Saturday night, and then you do your cool down drinking on Sunday, and you just recover on Sunday. <laughs> well, yeah, you should just recover, but you don't want to peak on like Thursday or Friday. See, do you notice how my weekend is stretching out now? <laughs> I know your weekend's just kind of you're, you're kind of elongating your weekend to accommodate yeah. your Pretty wish soon, for drinking. The only weekday will be Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I almost called you to see if you wanted to do the show on Sunday, but uh, I was kind of hungover, so we ended up doing it today. But the problem is we're missing the State of the Union address. Oh, fuck. Does that bother you? I mean, I'm gonna have you're going to re- be so ill-informed about the state of this country. After we're done here, I'll be pouring over the transcript just the so I get every Union? little morsel of intelligence out of that. The reason I brought that up is I know how much you loathe the State of the Union address. Yeah, it's don't, not don't only get because, me started. It's not only because George Bush is delivering it. It's because every State of the Union address you hate. Well, yeah. It's formulaic. I, it's premeditated. It's just... Yeah, I think at one time, like in the time of Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> the State of the Union probably meant something because, you know... You didn't hear what the president had to say very often. There weren't like, you know, there wasn't 24-hour news covering what the White House was doing. And also back then, you know, a president had the free ability just to say to whatever. Think. Yeah. Yeah, well just to say whatever. He had free will somehow. <laughs> say whatever he wanted to say. There weren't he didn't have handlers and, you know, people who had to keep him he had and to stay spin on spin doctors. Well, yeah, and... yeah, he always got to stay on message. So back then, you know, you could hear the state of the union be like Wow, I guess that's what the president thinks. I guess that's what's going to happen to the country now. But now it's it doesn't mean anything. It's just a bunch of little stupid preconceived sound bites that are just basically like I said, yeah, they don't mean anything. It's well no, They're it's totally sterile scrolled. statements. It's sterile. It's based on polls and research and I think the people rehearse the times they stand up and clap like trained seals. Oh yeah. Well, you know? You, you, <laughs> Did he even ha- okay? The senators and representatives are pretty stupid. I'll give you that, but you don't even have to re- rehearse Look because who's it's electing them. Each statement, it's so obvious the point that he's trying to get across before he even gets two words out of his mouth. It's like, oh, this is where he talks about locking down the borders and and you know slowing down immigration or vice versa. Or this is where he talks about you know we got to make friends with all the oh, Mexicans oh, oh, in our oh. midst. Yeah, and, and everybody knows. Oh, I'm I'm into that issue. My constituents 
during that issue. I got to stand up and clap and get on fucking camera. Which is precisely the reason why Sick and Wrong is backing Huckabee. Because when Huckabee's up there Fuckabee. spouting... Yeah, when Fuckabee's, I'm not behind Huckabee. I'm behind Fuckabee. <laughs> when Fuckabee's spouting his claims, no abortion for everyone, homosexuals are like beasts. Or no, wait, no. He said homosexuality is like bestiality. That's yes. what I meant. <laughs> he said, And he we're big fans of both, though. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I know, cool I'm with about that. to say. That's why I think when he gives his State of the Union speech... I'll listen to it. Did you hear him talking about when he was in college and his popcorn popper? No. You didn't hear this? No. Apparently back in the Stone Ages or whenever they went to college, <laughs> all these old fuckers, you, you weren't allowed to have like, well, they didn't have microwaves. Baptist ministry school or whatever the I think fuck all you colleges to. were like this back then. You, we didn't have microwaves and they didn't want people having like a full-size oven. So I guess the only thing you, could, you were allowed to have in your dorm room that could make food was a popcorn popper. And he, in one of his stump speeches in his campaign for the Republican nominee, talked about how he used to cook squirrels in his popcorn popper in, in his dorm room. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. He no, was talking dude. about how he cooked squirrel. Yeah, look it up on the internet. I might even put a link up. In a popcorn popper. And people voted for him in Iowa for shame. <laughs> That's why. He was bonding with those people. They all eat squirrel <laughs> in their trailer. They cook it up with, you know, with their meth equipment when they're not cooking up meth. <laughs> and they're 18 kids. Right. Well, you know, one thing I think... Uh, Bush is probably not going to talk about in the State of the Union address is that new serial killer board game I read about this afternoon. He's not a big fan of that. You know, I, I bet you Bush, I mean, he almost should be a part of the board game, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not a serial Iraqi killer board game. <laughs> but, that's, but the, no. that's the next board game. <laughs> that's with Bush and Rove yeah. and uh, Rumsfeld. Rummy. Rummy. But uh, no, uh, there's a new controversial board game about uh, infamous serial killers in history. It's kind of like almost, I would say, a Trivial Pursuit-style uh, board game about serial killers. What's the name of the game? It's called the Serial Killer Trivia Game. <laughs> okay. It features... Straightforward. Uh, I like it. features Ted Bundy, the Green River Killer, uh, Spokane Serial Killer, Robert Yates, and Manson, and uh, Gacy, and all the rest of the uh, the fellas. Uh, the game places the players in the middle of some of the most notorious cases of our time with a roll of the dice. I guess you kind of go through it. You move pieces around the board, and you come across a variety of scenarios. If you get the scenario right or whatever, you answer the trivia question correctly, then you get a victim. So I read about it, and I was like, you know, I kind of had an idea sort of like this about a serial killer game. But I kind of base it more like Candyland, where you kind of cruise through. <laughs> yeah. And you get, like, candy canes. You wanted to appeal more to children. Um, yeah, simplistic I mean, rule set this that, is that can like, be followed by young people. Yeah, this is like Trivial Pursuit, which just appeals more to like the collegiate type of person, you know, someone yeah. who definitely has a college education. Smarmy know-it-alls. <laughs> I know, exactly. As I used to be in college, I love Trivial Pursuit, so no <laughs> offense to anybody. I can see something more like shoots and ladders, but no, it's interesting. So I sent an email to uh, Ryan Hompson here, the game's creator, and uh, just wanted to ask him a couple questions about the game, and so... He sent me an email back saying, why don't you give me a call? So I said, hey, why not? So this guy's not in prison himself for any type of serial killing. As he far just as I a, know, is a I fan. I don't really know anything about Ryan Hobson other than the fact that he's created a game about serial killers. But he looks kind of like a serial killer. <laughs> I think we say that about everybody, but uh, it's probably because it's true. Like that. Yeah, I mean, he's just very unassuming, just kind of a normal looking guy. Apparently, he's an artist up in the Seattle area. So let's give him a call, Wankerly, and talk to him about the new serial killer board game. 
And uh, one thing I wanted to point out, too, the reason that this article came to my attention is that it was sent in by another person who lives in Seattle, listens to the show, named Alva, who uh, sent in the article and said, I'm adding this to my Christmas list. Oh, okay. uh, Alva sent in a couple articles in the past. I, I don't know if uh, he or she has ever won, but... Um, I think it's a she. Alva, is that a female name? I don't know, but I think so. Alva? What about Alva and the Chipmunks? Isn't that a... That's Alvin. What oh, about okay. Alf? <laughs> Alf? Yeah. Now, is that female or From male? From Melmac? He was a male. He was sexless. No, he was a male. He was into chicks. <laughs> I saw his schwans once underneath the <laughs> his fur. <laughs> when, he, when he bent over, the fur parted, and I saw balls. So anyway, I'd like to say thanks to uh, Alva for sending this in. And um, yeah, let's give uh, Ryan a call here. Hello. Ryan. What's going on? Hey, man. This is uh, D. Simon and uh, Lance Wackerly here from Sick and Wrong. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Uh, hi. Good. Hey, uh, sorry to disturb you uh, so late in the evening, but uh, it's, it's not right. that late over there in Seattle, is it? No, I think it's the same time. So do you live downtown Seattle? Uh, kind of. I live a little bit, I would say, east of it. I live on 11th and Pike, and... Right about Broadway, around 10th, is where uh, downtown technically stops. So I'm, like, right outside of it. Is it raining right now? Yeah, and I'm, well, it's about to snow, and I feel like I'm fighting a cold, and the weather's just, you know, typical shitty Seattle weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's good for when the weather's crappy? Board what? games. <laughs> exactly. Which Let is me most... get serial killer board games. <laughs> Even better to cure uh, the yeah, shitty yeah. weather blues. So, um, Ryan, you created a serial killer board game. I did. And uh, what, when did this come out? Is, is it actually out in the stores now? Like, can you buy it, it is, from your it website? It is not out in the stores. What happened is I created, well, actually, I spent about three years working on this. I illustrated it, designed it, wrote it, um, paper engineered it. Damn, that's um, quite an endeavor. I do it for my, my job. I illustrate kids' books for a living, so I'm always drawing on the computer. And I got this idea. Well, actually, it was my friend Toby Allen's idea originally, and I talked to him. He never really did anything with it. So I was like, hey, look, I want to develop this. you know. And he's like, oh, go ahead. And um, so I spent about three years making this game, and it just sort of I, – I was so sick of it, and – by the time I got done with it, it just kind of sat around for a couple months, and this woman asked if she could show it in a gallery, and I, I was like, sure, why not? So, and then um, an art critic for the Seattle PI saw it, and then uh, a couple news stations saw the article, and it's just kind of snowballed from there. So it's kind of picking up, you're getting a little exposure? Yeah, a lot of exposure. It's uh, It's been kind of weird the past three days. I mean, I've had people from, like, New Zealand, Arizona, England, you know, so it's, it's the Internet, age of the Internet. Yeah, it's the Internet can make a yeah. star out of anyone. I know, huh? Even a loser like me. So how, do, how does the game work? Is it? I, I, I saw the, uh, the clip on the news, and I kind of saw what the game looked like. kind of looks a little bit like Trivial Pursuit. It is, you know what, it is, and I didn't base it on, I mean, you know, I don't, I didn't really know that much about the mechanics of board games, and I, I kept throwing ideas around in my head, and eventually I, I figured out this, uh, the solution that I have now, and I've never played Trivial Pursuit, so I didn't really know how that game was played. It's kind of similar now that I know, and it's, it's actually quite a bit different, but the, 
the object of the game is to claim or kill five victims, one in each of the five neighborhoods on the on the board. So do you get to be, like, do you get to be Ted Bundy or do you get to be Gacy? Um, you know, I thought about that, and I was going to do it that way, you know, and I was going to have, like, creepy little figures. But the more I studied serial killers, the more, you know, it said over and over that serial killers are like chameleons, you know. They're sociopaths. They fit into any sort of social group, any sort of uh And then that's why they're able to be serial killers and continue sure, killing you know, they go because they're undetected. so normal. So I kind of chose these like really bland, benign um, playing figures. And, you know, you go through, the aim is to get on what I call a victim house. And there are these red houses with skulls above them. And um, in order to kill the victim or whatever, whoever it is in the building or house, you have to answer a trivia question, right? And if you do answer the trivia question, right, you get a corpse. And that's just like, it's like a plastic baby. And on the circumference of the board, there are these body dumps. And as I was reading, most, most organized serial killers have uh, places already in mind where they dispose of their, their bodies. Yeah, they have their different spots. I and mean, we actually did a whole show on corpse disposal techniques. But oh, I think really? most serial killers tend to don't they kind of just bury them out in the in the fields. In well, the country? I think that's how a lot of them get caught. Is that's the one you know the, like, the cops always look for a pattern, and one of the first patterns you can look for is okay, where are these bodies showing up? Well, also that is what Ted Bundy looked for first was his disposal site. Well, don't a lot of serial killers return to the site just to they get some kind of gratification by checking out the body again? Excuse me, I didn't I didn't understand you. Don't a lot of serial killers tend to return to the site of the burial, and a lot of people yeah, get caught. I think Gary Ridgway was doing that a lot. Ted Bundy actually did do that. He, um, I think, he even admitted to revisiting the site and actually having sex with the corpse. With a wow! Right <laughs> while they were like while the the. Um, dump site was under police surveillance he did this he's slick <laughs> did you have to do a lot of research about to, oh, yeah. to fi figure out all this trivia or were you already sort of a hobbyist uh, and knew a bunch of it oh uh, you know i wasn't i'd always been i mean i've been interested since i was a kid um there's a story behind that but uh, a <laughs> friend of mine is a lawyer one of my best friends and her co-worker is mark prothero he is one of was one of gary ridgeway's defense attorneys. No, Gary Ridgway was the Green River Green Killer. Green River Killer, yes. And so he, did you read about him your whole childhood? Um, the Green River Killer? Yeah, I did a lot. Um, I was more, I, when I, I grew up in Alaska in Anchorage, and my next door neighbor was the head of homicide. And he would always tell us, like, oh, you know, we found another body. And he would tell us, all, the, all of us neighborhood kids, he's like, you know, we're, we're after this person who keeps killing these prostitutes. And, um, did you ever get to see any of the bodies? No, I didn't. Um, I did while whilst researching this game. I got to see a few of Gary or Gary Ridgeway's victims. And um, wait, they actually the, the police? You contacted the police department to do research for the game? No. Well, uh, Mark Prothero, he was one of the defense attorneys, and he oh, okay. uh, he spent so much time with Gary Ridgeway and studying um, serial homicide that he goes around giving symposiums around the United States to FBI agents. Wow. So he, he has tons of, uh, like, source material, and he lent a bunch to me. Oh, that's very, that's interesting. Yeah, and, you know, and once I, once I was, like, I was obsessed with creating this game, and I'd work on it every day, and people, you know, around me and in my life were like, hey, I have all these books, or... 
you know, if you check this out and and it, it kind of just like it fed itself until I, I, I wrote, I think about 500 trivia questions and I could write tons more. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, seriously, it's like endless amount of information. Oh yeah, it totally is. And it's fascinating. And, you know, and I don't get scared by much, but what would start to freak me out is when I would write these trivia questions at home. <laughs> I would start to freak out, like, uh, somebody could break into my house and totally, like, stab me to death. I, I mean, I would just go off. So, so Ryan, who's your, uh, I guess, favorite serial killer? If, if you had to pick yeah. one, which one is your favorite? Um, you know, I really like Bella Kiss, and he, he was the one, um, you know, and of course, I can't even remember if he, I think he was Polish. He was killing people and stuffing them in barrels inside of his house. In and the U.S.? Huh? Was this in the U.S.? No, I think it was in, in I want to say in Belgium or in Poland. I'm mm. sorry, I can't remember. But um, um, he he was stuffing them in containers, and then he got called into the military. And um, when he was in the military, people discovered these containers stuffed with bodies, and so all of a sudden the authorities were after him. And I think somehow he found out about it. And um, <clears throat> what he did is, uh, one of the soldiers he was in the military with got killed in active duty, and he switched identities with him, with the corpse, um, and he made his escape. He made his way to New York is where they traced him to. Did he continue and, killing in New York? Um, well, they don't know. They've never been able to find him. They, there's Some people say he became a janitor there, and then he, eventually he died, but he got away with it. He killed, I don't know, like 30 people. Wow. Never, they never Quite prolific. They knew who he was. They knew what he looked like, but he, he escaped. So, um, Ryan, uh, if, if you don't mind, do you have any trivia questions on hand? I was going to see if you yeah. could read a couple for uh, sure. me and um, Lance Wackley. I, I, I got some pretty – the way – okay, so when I, when I started writing these questions, I was like, man, this information is so obscure that there's no way people are going to know, and it's not going to be any fun to play. But Unless the way I wrote psychotic. questions was is um, I did multiple choice, which – has four answers, four possible answers. So you have a, a possible, uh, like 25% chance of getting any of these questions right. And with, with certain deductive reasonings, you might even have more of a, a chance. Well, and then like some of the pursuit. questions are true and false. So you have a 50% chance of getting it right. So. All right, we'll throw a couple our way. Okay. Let's see if... All right. Um, let's see. Uh, huh. True or false, Richard Trenton Chase, the vampire killer of Sacramento, California, murdered in order to replenish his blood supply, which he believed was being dried up by aliens from outer space. <laughs> Do you want it to handle that one? I'm going to say true. Yes. True. I read about that he guy a, today. Um, he was a relatively rare form of psychopath. He was a rel I can't read this because it's coded. Um, he was a relatively rare form of psychopathic killer. So um, on the other side of the question, when you get the answer, you get further explanation about the details. Is that what yeah? And oh, and I have solid. it's coded. You have to flip it into this decoder, and you can see the answer. So that way, nobody else can cheat. It was just a little, yeah, a little extra. Sounds cool. Extra fun cool. Thing. <laughs> All right, what what else do you have? Which Soviet serial killer was the film Citizen X based upon? A. Gilda Ray. B. Peter Curtin. C. Andre Chikatilo, 
the Joachim Kroll? Um, I have no idea, but I'm going to go with D. D, Peter Curtin? Uh, no, D as in dog. Oh, D, D, uh, Joaquin Kroll? Uh, no. The real yeah, answer... That, that Kroll name sounded familiar to me, but I guess I'm... Uh, Andre Chikatilo. Well, Gilda Ray, um, he was from the 19th century. Peter Curtin's German. Um, see, Andre Chikatilo is the Rostov Ripper. He was the guy in the 80s that, uh... He murdered like 15 men, women, and children, and commun the communist government denied that there was any such thing as a serial killer in Russia. That's the one thing with all the uh, Russian serial killers. They don't just focus on men or women or, or, you know, or <laughs> no. children. They kind of kill anybody. Have <laughs> <laughs> you noticed that? Because they're so drunk on vodka. <laughs> so, Ryan, where could somebody get uh, pick up a, 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 your board game? Well, unfortunately, they can't so far. Um, I, I have three prototypes. I sold two at the gallery, and um, I am in the process of having a quote done in Hong Kong by a printer, and I'm hoping that it's within my price range. I have another... Um, I have another body of art that I, I work on, and it's based on, you know who Patrick Nagel is from the 80s? Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, well, I take his stuff, and I dice it up and, you know, cut it in half and make it look like the old Misfits poster. And um, so people really like that, and they've been buying it, and I'm trying to save up money to produce some of these games. So you'll put out this game by yourself? You're it seems like with, with all this publicity you're getting, maybe you should uh, you know, give it a little time. Maybe somebody will approach you and want to... Uh, I would love that. You know, an I showed Chronicle Press, and they were offended by it, and I showed Running Press, and they, it was like, ooh, too edgy for them, you know? Well, and, just do, do me a favor, though. If somebody does come up to you and say you know, they want to publish your game, if you're going to meet them, meet them in a public place because you never know who you're talking to out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm gonna wind up in a well or, or buried in a shed. Yeah, <laughs> well, it would probably serve me right. Huh? Well, well, Ryan, we wish you the best of luck. And uh, when this game does come out, I definitely want to get a copy for myself. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, what's hey, your I, website I, anyway, so people can kind of check out the uh, game before beforehand here? My website is ryanhobson.com. R y a n h o b is in boy s o n dot com. And, you know, I mean, it really is just mostly stuff I do for my job. It's not really based on anything. The The whole Nagel thing is it's a different website. It's not quite up yet, but it will be up soon. Do you have a website for the uh, board game? I, I do have one, but it's not, again, it's not posted because I didn't want, I mean, I don't want people like ordering any because I don't have any because you don't have any right now yeah you know and I, I don't want people to get pissed off so I'd rather wait until I actually have a product but I, I definitely will let you guys know well let us know and we'll definitely link to uh, your personal website here so okay. people can get some information on some of your work I appreciate work. it and I appreciate you guys having me on hey man thanks for uh, for answering some questions and your board game hey. sounds pretty uh, cool so we'll definitely have to check it out definitely sounds sick and wrong yeah. All right. Take it easy, man. All right. Bye. Well, that was kind of cool there, uh, Wackerly. I think I might have to invest in that. It might be a good Christmas present next year. Much better now, than. When you say invest, you mean you're going to buy one, or you're you should. I mean, maybe you should be the guy who who produces this thing. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, if it was a if it was a game, much like that game Mousetrap, but you're catching, you're a pedophile, and you're catching little. Um, I don't know, babies or something. So but you're thinking those elaborate type of maybe like, something uh, called Rube child, uh, <laughs> child trap is what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. For sex. 
Now, Trapping children for sex. That's now, something like that, I think, might be a you know worthwhile investment because it sounds fun. I mean, you make the whole trap, and the little kid falls in, you know, gets the candy, and yeah, really, net. it's not <laughs> it's not pederasty themed until the end. But when you no, trap I mean, the child. I mean, it's not. But the thing is, though, have you ever had like board game night with your girlfriend, or your girlfriend's family, where you got to sit around, you got to play Parcheesi, or you got to play. <clears throat> Trivial Pursuit or whatever the other fucking board games that they make you play. Yes. This at least would be interesting. At least you get to sit down and answer questions about serial killers. Yeah, and I do like the fact that, you know, on the back of the card, as I pointed out, you get to hear the whole story and how really depraved all these people are. Because that's kind of the theme of this show. And that's yeah, what we're exactly. interested in. Well, I, you know, I think it sounds interesting. And uh, I wouldn't mind getting that for uh, people for Christmas next year. Monica? Much better than Roadhouse. <laughs> Which is my usual gift. I mean, you got to admit, that's a damn good gift. It is a damn good gift. I think there might be a collector's edition coming out this year. So, Well, people, go check out the uh, link on our website, ryanhobson.com. I think it's, is that his website? Yes. All right. Well, uh, this is episode 107 here, Sick and Wrong. Before we get moving on here to the articles, I want to do a quick recap of episode 106. Wackerly, you did a story about a, a plane crash and... Uh, it was raining men all over Southern California. Yeah, all right. I did a story about a shit vandal. And a listener did a story about a molester who was drinking girls' urine. Well, um, you know, I think people are really uh, sickened by shit. Cause more I came so in, than urine. Yeah, much more so than or urine. Or raining human flesh. <laughs> so I came in with 86 votes. A listener came in uh, second with 54, and you were trailing in third with 48. But it was kind of close. I hope this is the beginning of a losing streak. Although, you know what surprised me? A lot of people kept writing in saying, I really like the song. Yeah, it's a very gay, it's a gay disco song, so I can see why our listeners would be into it. I, you know, I was kind of surprised. A lot of people had never heard it. So. It's very catchy. It takes you about three days to get it out of your head after you heard it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we never even posted the video, did we? No, I posted the meth uh, effects of faces meth, of meth faces of meth video. Yeah, there's well, always this week. Oh yeah, <laughs> one day, one day you'll get your dream. Uh, this is episode 107 here, sick and wrong people. You know the way the show works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. Present them here on the show. Winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a wild card with a listener submission, which you can send to sick and wrong podcast at hotmail dot com. Uh, Wackily, I believe you started the show, or I started the show last time, so right. why don't you kick off episode 107? This uh, story is so short, I'm just going to read it straight through. I tried to highlight it, but uh, I'm just going to read it straight through. If you feel the need to chime in, just have at it. All right, I'll give you like a hand signal. Should no, I? just 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 talk over me. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. You don't want me to have a code word like red squirrel. And <laughs> a then, safety word? A safety word? Should I have a safety word? <laughs> yeah, when you're shoving it in too deep, I'll say antelope. <laughs> All right, antelope, and then I'll know. <laughs> Wait a minute. The story's about an antelope. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, have we ever done a story from Hawaii? I know I said I was just going to read it, but no, I'm not. You know, come to think of it, I don't know if we've ever done a sick and wrong story from the sun, Sunshine State. Is you don't know why? State? Isn't it the Sunshine State? I don't know. <laughs> well, you want to know why? why? It's because it's patrolled by that uh, mighty, fear, fearless dog, the bounty hunter. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say the volcano god. <laughs> no, who I think is Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dude, there's no you crime on right. that island because of Dog. Well, it's kind of like the uh, the Holy Trinity. Like, the volcano is Dog's dad, but at the same time, Dog is the volcano, and then there's a Holy Volcano Spirit, I believe. Isn't that how it goes? I don't know if that's the way it works <laughs> in Hawaii or... <laughs> anyway, I don't know any Hawaiians. Dog is there, but he didn't get to these guys soon enough. <laughs> a grand jury indicted two former golf club employees on theft and animal cruelty charges after police said they butchered and ate a patron's dog. <laughs> Wait, dog. two golf club employees ate this dog? Yeah, witnesses told Moanalua Golf Club officials that they saw the workers load the German Shepherd Labrador mix named Caddy, ironically enough, (laughs) into a car and drive away at the end of their shift on December 16th. The dog's owner, Frank Manuma, Manuma, said the club had given him permission to bring uh, this eight-month-old, eight eight-month-old dog, Caddy, while he played a round of golf. So I guess he, like, left it in the clubhouse or something. I don't really get that. I guess it may be tied to a tree. You know what? I don't understand. I didn't think Hawaiians ate dogs. I thought that was Korea. Uh, there might be some Koreans living there, but let me move Maybe on. Maybe they were and... sacrificing the dog to the mighty dog, the bounty hunter. I didn't even see that connection. But you I think bet the you dog it was a sacrifice be... for you, dog. You think the dog would be extra angry. Because, you know, of the kinship between him and his namesake. Oh, and dog, yes. Yeah. So these guys better hope the dog doesn't find out. (laughs) Doesn't find out about this. Well, in the meantime, while this guy was playing golf, nine rounds, uh, nine holes, sorry, uh, the dog vanished after being left, oh, here we go, after being left tied up near a maintenance shed. Uh, The club fired the workers, and investigators later told Manuma that the two men had butchered and ate his pet. An Oahu grand jury indicted Saturnino Palting, age 58, and Nelson Domingo, age 43, both of Kalihi on Tuesday. The felony charges are punishable by up to five years in prison and a $10,000 fine. And I'm going to just add parenthetically, a dog, the bounty hunter, ass whipping. (laughs) Ass whooping. So, uh, Palting and Domingo had not hired or been assigned attorneys by Thursday. So, if you're the type of person who works at a golf course... As a you know, caddy. I don't even think these guys are... Ca- I think when you're a caddy, you kind of make decent money because of the tips. I think these guys are like, you know, the tards who mow the grass. Oh, okay. So, they were kind of like Bill Murray and Caddy Shack. Exactly. But Trying to find even, gophers. You know, that guy was even like the head of Grounds. Well, I don't think he was the head of Grounds because I seem to remember his boss yelling at him. So uh, That Irish guy. But anyways, these are, yeah, these guys are the Bill Murray types. Uh, and, and if you're that type and you're also the type to see a dog tied up near your lawn mowing shed and decide that you should eat that dog, you're probably not the type who has access to an attorney. What I don't understand is did they do this maliciously or were they just hungry? I think they were just hungry because <laughs> if it's a malicious act, just taking the dog and, and, and maybe even like, you know, put throwing it into the volcano – driving up to the top of the volcano and throwing it attaching it to your car and just like peeling away yeah well you could drag it up the hill and then throw it in the volcano or you know into the rocks with the crashing surf that'd be kind of an easy way to go about getting at some dude well yeah but to go to the point of like eating the dog that's 
a bigger issue and it kind of makes me think that the whole point was to eat the dog and that they didn't even know who this dog belonged to to begin with they just wanted to eat some fucking dogs so i picture this rich socialite you know finishing his 18 holes of golf and walking over and seeing these two fat guys like you know stomachs distended and (laughs) dog like a dog tail sticking out of his mouth the other guy's picking his like you know teeth fur out of his teeth (laughs) some fur like how did they know that they ate the dog dog. collar on the in the in the bottom (laughs) of a big cauldron i mean did he catch them in the act of just frying up some dog steaks did they eat the dog raw i think they took the dog home and, and i'm kind of annoyed that it doesn't even say yeah, but they don't say how detail. the dog was cooked and uh but i think they took the dog home and cooked it and i just think the crack investigative team of hawaii hawaii 50 <laughs> hawaii 50 yes uh maybe with the assistance of the dog but probably not because i like i said this would have ended worse for them if the dog was there uh, somehow figured out that that's what happened to the dog. Maybe some neighbors saw it. Maybe they had a big backyard barbecue and invited the neighbors over for dog. You know what probably happened? The guy who was golfing was named Higgins, and he probably hired his roommate named Magnum to investigate what happened to his dog. That's a good point. And they Magnum had- called his black friend who flies a helicopter. Right. They found out that these guys ate the dog. And as long as you're going to bring that up, what was up with Magnum's <laughs> white friend? What was Because, I mean, I know, Higgins has lots of money. Yeah. And Magnum is cool, and he has a mustache and a and Ferrari. TC, the black guy. TC has a is helicopter. cool because he has a helicopter. And then there's just this other white douchebag. What, what was his value to anybody? No, I think you know what I think it was. He was just there for the double team when Magnum wanted to double team some chicks. The free mustache, right? Oh, I yeah. thought you, I thought you were talking about TC and Magnum would double team him. We don't even remember his name. That's I know. How I don't know. Was it Slater? Was. Or am I thinking of a different show altogether? <laughs> That's a different one. Well, on the sick and wrong scale, what are you giving that? They ate this man's dog. Hey, I didn't finish the story. Oh, there's more? <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty much over. But uh, the dude now has another three month old mixed. German Shepherd and Golden Retriever, which he named Caddy Two. Caddy Two. Yeah. Nice. I don't know. I named that one TV Dinner. <laughs> but uh, so on the sick and wrong scale, I mean, they ate this man's dog. Yeah, and maybe they'll get the second one, but probably not because they're in jail. Uh, I give it four stars. You know what? I'm gonna give it a three because if they ate Dog the Bounty Hunter, I would give that thing. I would give that story seven stars. Have you ever seen him? He's like jerky, very tough. <laughs> Tough meat. It probably tastes all bitter from all the years of drug abuse and and alcohol abuse. And and, uh, racism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but what about that cool haircut? (laughs) You can't eat the hair. You're going to wind up with one of those dog hair boluses in your stomach and have to surgically remove it. Well, I'm giving it three stars. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. All right. Well, here's my story for episode 107. Regular guy, father of two, is charged as the Chandler Rapist. Chandler is a neighborhood in uh, Arizona, actually uh, a suburb to do of with, Phoenix. Nothing to do with the TV show Friends. Oh, there's another uh, pop culture reference there. <laughs> We're just full of them here in episode 107. I'll try to get as many as possible. <laughs> the guy actually kind of looks like Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> the, the big ragu or whatever he's called. That's Carmine. Oh, all right. Sorry. <laughs> See how many we can get here. 
So uh, Fathers 2 is charged as the uh, Chandler Rapist. This guy, much like our conversation we are just having with Ryan about how serial killers tend to be just completely anonymous, right. this dude was just a normal dude. Yeah, and it, like you pointed out, because if you're like a slavering, drooling, you know, you've got your teeth sharpened and, yeah. and subcutaneous implants in your and head. you're driving around one of those vans with a picture of the mural, yeah. one of those mural vans. It's very hard to get people into that van if you're that type of person. So No, you know, I mean, if you look like Weird Al, people, people know yeah. something's wrong. You yeah, know, something's or, amiss. Or, or the liz- if you look like the lizard man. He's, yeah. not, he's not luring anybody into his van. You no, gotta look I like mean, a, he's too distinctive. A he's, librarian or something. So uh, this guy was a very just kind of general-looking Mexican dude. Um, just kind of nondescript, regular guy. Santana. So, so wait, he has a sombrero and a big mustache? <laughs> I, th- I bet you he's just a normal Mexican guy that, you know, you drive I, over to Home Depot, be like, <laughs> hey, I need to get some stuff done in my house. Kind of hop in. Okay. Like one of those dudes. Uh, uh, <laughs> they don't have sombreros. <laughs> he probably had a mustache. Santana Batiste Akeves was a construction worker, married man with a young son and daughter, and a neighbor with a fondness for grilling and food. He was a man who led seemingly an unremarkable life. Well, that was up until two weeks ago when he was arrested for a series of sexual assaults that had been terrorizing the suburb of Chandler um, for about six months. Uh, The suspect turned out to be a resident of the very neighborhood the rapist stalked. So it turned out this guy didn't travel very far to find his victims. He just raped right in the neighborhood, two-mile radius where he lived. And... and, and, (laughs) Who wants to go? I, I don't want to go very far either. I try and stay close to home when I do anything. Well, what's interesting about this is experts say that should authorities prove their case against Batiste, it would only serve to bolster what is known about serial criminals. They operate close to where they live or work, and they tend to be calculating individuals who manage to act out their criminal urges and elude detection, even by friends, spouses, and colleagues. Wow. So, so a, did he anyone a, can be a serial offender. Did he have a wife and a family? No, that? he lived with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's children. So basically he had a wife and family, I mean, effectively. And they knew nothing about this. Yeah, no one had any idea. Uh, Batista, who wasn't in the country illegally, as a matter of fact, which I imagine is pretty common in the, the Phoenix, Arizona area. He was or he was not? No, he's in the country illegally. Okay, so no green card, no no driver's license. That motherfucker's going to be deported. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah, you never know. You know, that's, what, that's what McCain tri- wants to do. He's going to have to stand trial here, right? Yeah, I don't know. Do they just deport him immediately, or do no, they make him because, stand trial here? No, I think they make him stand trial here, so he'll be in jail. Uh, so neighbors uh, knew him mostly as a backhoe operator who got up at the crack of dawn to work various construction sites, came and home early. <laughs> <laughs> but police believe that he also carved out time to spy on girls as young as 12 in nearby neighborhoods waited until their parents left for work in the morning and forced his way into their houses. Police allege that he often held a knife to the girls' throats, forced them to disrobe and lie down on towels, raped them repeatedly, and then after, afterwards had them shower and wash their genitals with soap. To get out the DNA, I assume. Exactly. The rapist even told one victim after the assault, that's how you do it. That's how you leave no evidence. Which is kind of amazing because, dude, you know, this guy deserves to be raped repeatedly in prison. He deserves to be castrated. But you got to admit, he's kind of intelligent. How many, you know, how many rapists do you know that would actually go to such lengths and be like, you got to take a shower and you got to wash your pussy, okay? Well, first of all, I don't know any rapists. <laughs> At least I hope not. 
<laughs> like you said, they seem to be normal people, but none of my friends are very normal, so I think they're on the safe list. We have a couple friends that wouldn't want to pass out around. Well, that's true. Yeah. They'll probably teabag you, though. I don't know if that counts as rape or not. <laughs> Draw a penis Still on assault. your face. Yeah, but I mean, dude, would you? Would it have ever occurred to you to be like, you got to take a shower? So I wonder, like, did Once he... again, it wouldn't occur to me to rape <laughs> anybody, so that's hard to say. Yeah, that is true. But I know, I mean, I, was, I read that and I was kind of... I would wear a condom. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't but do But they that. can still get hair follicles. Maybe I'd shave my pubes and then wear a condom. I'd wear one of those, like, naked gun condoms. The body full body condom. condom. That's a good point. <laughs> Pop culture reference number 33. <laughs> I don't like getting away from TV, though. I like to stick with TV this time. Oh, okay. I, I moved on to movies there. So uh, most serial offenders operate within their own comfort zone. They get to know patterns of traffic and develop quick escape routes. Uh, Six attacks linked to the Chandler rapist here spanning 18 months occurred within a two-mile radius of Batiste Ancaviza's home. So he was just doing it. I mean, he was committing his crimes very close to home. Yeah, and that's – we were talking about how serial killers – remain close to home but he's not killing these women chicks girls really right they're young girls well no that's precisely the reason he was caught and these are like so that in that situation it's kind of stupid to remain close to home because one of these girls is going to be like that's the guy right there driving that back home i mean i think it was intelligent that's why this guy's flawed he's 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 flawed mental problem no he's like uh picasso the guy's flawed right i mean so the dude will stalk these girls within two miles, but he's not killing anybody. These girls could see him mowing his lawn, right. barbecuing, and, and acting the, like a regular guy. And the more times he does it with different girls, the greater chance there is that one of these girls is going to see Or how many him. little girls are in a two-mile radius from his home? It's got to be a finite number. It's probably a family neighborhood. So the uh, experts say here it's stunningly rare for an offender from Phoenix to hop on a Southwest Airlines jet to L.A. to rape someone and return the next day. They typically operate close to home. He operated in a fashion similar to other serial criminals, also from the Phoenix area, the AM Rapist and the Baseline Killer. I don't know if you remember the Baseline Killer. I think we did a story about that guy a couple years ago. He uh, snatched women from busy street corners, sometimes in broad daylight, raped them, killed some of them, and then just dropped or sometimes just threw them out and discarded their their bodies right from this car. Uh And he operated for a couple years until he eventually was caught. Uh, the um, AM rapist just basically drove around and uh, pretty much got women in the morning. <laughs> in jogging. the AM. Yeah. He wasn't listening to AM. <laughs> no, he wasn't listening to the AM band radio. Uh, then there was uh, Corey Morris, who was one of the uncommon serial criminals who wasn't tagged with a moniker. So he didn't even get a nickname. He was just kind of boring. Corey. He Corey st- the rapist. <laughs> He stalked the late night streets of Phoenix's downtown Garfield neighborhood, looking for women he could lure back to his nearby trailer that he slept in behind his aunt's house. He would strangle them during sex, leave their bodies in the trailer to rot before he dragged them to an alley or a sidewalk. Now, this, is a, this isn't the same trailer that he lives in, because I no. can't imagine it smells very good. I think this is where he lived, behind his aunt's house. So he just lived with this rotting corpse. Wow. That sounds like just laziness rather than some type of a nefarious master plan. I think that's why he didn't get a moniker. <laughs> I don't know. He's sentenced to death in 2005 and is now on death row. Um, in Batiste's case, though, the Chandler rapist, police say they have DNA and physical evidence as well as positive identica- identification by six victims to show he's yeah. the Chandler rapist. He's going down. This dumbass is definitely going down. So he's probably never going back to Mexico. He's going to live in prison in the United States. 
for the rest of his days. Yeah, he probably is, and we're probably going to support him. Oh, yeah, definitely. But don't you think if he went to a Mexican prison, he'd probably just get out because, like, uh, the banderos would come and uh, blow up the wall or something? Yeah, exactly. You know, That's why we can't send him back. The Trace Amigos. <laughs> That's why we can't send him back. <laughs> yeah, so no, he's going to rot in prison here and probably become a part of a gang or something like that. Apparently, he lived with his uh, girlfriend who said he'd arrive home, home early from work, get rested, and played with, with her children as if they were his own. I bet you he did. He was a Catholic. He attended church whenever he could. Friends recall him as an easygoing man who enjoyed grilling carne asada, listening to ranchero music, joking Ugh, and having the occasional Tecate outside of his house. You know, that's the problem. It's the ranchero music. I think that's what drove him insane. It I think that's insane. what made him rape little girls. Didn't you used to live in an apartment above a bunch of um, Mexicanos and they would play... It was my first apartment in the mission area of uh, San Francisco. Now, this wasn't even on tape or record or CD. They actually had all the instruments, correct? No. You, you know, if it, if it was like a – I called it a Mexican holiday. If you had the day off of work the next day, those dudes would get like six cases of Tecate. Not six bottles. Six cases of Tecate. Drink till the point where they were fighting, puking in the streets till one of them pulled out a tuba. And started playing, and then they'd, they'd all dance. And it'd be like, boom, 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 Like, it's seriously, all night. Yeah. till like, 7 in the morning. That's not a good living situation. For yeah, you. it was great. They painted white stripes on my green Monte Carlo. <laughs> yeah. They didn't actually paint it. They had a, didn't they arrest a paint can that spilled over and sort of made a stripe? Three paint cans. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was really cool. And you can't say anything, because then they'll beat you with a tuba. And they pretended not to speak any English. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I did? I just called INS. <laughs> I totally did. <laughs> and the next, but what was weird, the next week there was like six new dudes in there. So I don't know if they just got deported. It's a never-ending stream. It doesn't really, yeah, you can't do anything about it. So uh, his girlfriend here is still in denial. She can't believe her former boyfriend is the same man that police alleged to be the Chandler rapist. She says, the truth is, I hope this is just a terrible coincidence. It can't be true. I don't think he would have the time to have another personality. <laughs> so I, she's in denial. He's too busy drinking Tecate and listening to ranchero music. Making carne asada on the barbecue. So on the sick and wrong star scale, this guy was breaking it, stalking, he was conducting surveillance operations, stalking and raping little girls and then making themselves wash, you know, in a shower. Right. Explaining his methods to them. Explaining giving them his a methods. Little, probably complete. Well, this is obviously very unwanted seminar on rape. Like, you know, like these girls would ever need to know any of this stuff. This man ruined lives. I'm giving him four stars. Uh, four and a half. 4.5. Yeah. All right. I'll take that. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. Listener submission of the week. You know, I read this article. We had probably four people send this one in. I was thinking about just, you know, calling squatters rights and doing it myself, but then I read about the uh, Mexican uh, serial offender, and I kind of decided to do that one instead. Okay. But uh, this is a good one. It's a good story. It came from Paula in Australia. She says, I feel I have to inundate you with stories in the hope you will cover my bodacious tatas with one of your T-shirts. Gotta love this one. Stay san. I don't know if she meant sane. Paula. <laughs> Either that or some uh, Australian slang that we don't know. You know what's interesting? Paula feels that she keeps having to send us stories, so we'll do them on the show, and maybe the listeners will, will vote, and she'll win a T-shirt. Well, all you need to do, Paula, to get a T-shirt, provided that you're over 18 years of age, is just send us a, a picture of your 
bodacious tatas. Right. Naked, that is. And uh, we'll send you a T-shirt, gladly. And that goes for all female listeners that are over the age of 18. I do have to point out if you... Under the age of 40. Even if you just reference your bodacious tatas or, you know, your jiggling ass cheeks in your submission, you'll probably also get on. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But I want to see a picture here. I do, too. Because, I mean, I'm picturing these, like, 40 double D breasts. Yeah, when she describes them like that. Bigger than a can of Foster's. I I have my hopes up for this. Crikey. Those are huge. Yeah, and Australian chicks. That's not a knife. Australian girls aren't uptight about that kind of stuff, right? They, they're totally down nah, with dude, their sexuality. and they're They get not... butt-ass wasted on uh, Fosters right. and they just like whip their titties out. Sex on the beach. Like Crocodile Dundee. Right. Right. Well, uh, you can do that, Paula, or you can keep submitting stories. So she sent in a story. She's the first person who actually submitted this. Wife shocked to death during a sex act. Uh, this actually happened in... Uh, New York. So in the state of New York here, I was trying to find exactly which city it is, but I can't see it right now. Uh, let's assume it's New York City. There's a lot yeah. of people there. Or no, it's York Hospital. It's York, Pennsylvania. That's where this oh, happened. Oh, okay. A husband who used an electrical cord to stimulate his wife during a night of quote-unquote bizarre sex allegedly gave her a deadly shock, which a- resulted in her death. <laughs> Uh, so this wasn't like a plug-in vibrator from the 1960s. It's an actual, just a cord, like an extension cord. This is, uh, no, he was actually using, yeah, he was using, he clipped an electrical cord to his wife and plugged it into a power strip, which he then turned on and off, on and off. <laughs> okay. So I don't know, what, what's interesting about this is the police just, they don't go into any more detail say, other than saying that he clipped an electrical cord to his wife. So do you think he like clipped it to her clit? Or her labia. Or her labia. Or do you think he like shoved it in there and clipped it to her uterus or cervix or something? Um, No. If I were to have to guess, I would say some type of outer feature of the vagina. What would that do exactly? Shock her vagina. But I mean, is electricity supposed to like be pleasurable on your genitalia? You know, I've never done this. Well, you This is kind of new to me. (laughs) This is some kind of weird BDSM thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure in talking to your brother, we uh, he's informed me that you can go to sex shops and buy, you know, special devices that you can use to give gentle, you know, playful shocks during sex to people who are into that sort of S&M thing. I don't think you just clip an electrical cord and plug it directly into the wall and, you know, put like 120-volt juice right up into just, your yeah, into right in hoo-ha. There. I, I mean, don't think that's smart. It sounds to me, though, that they probably have done this before. Probably. I mean, anytime something like this happens, it's it's never the first time. But it could have been. Who These knows? are the same type of people that you ever hear that King Missile song, Gary and Melissa love to make love. You ever heard that song? No, but the, the does guys it go? that did detachable penis right. they did that song a while ago. It's like Gary and Melissa love to make love. They lo- they started out like just doing missionary position wasn't enough. They they decided to find other ways to heighten their passion, then find other ways to heighten their passion. They just kept building and building until eventually they killed each other. This is the same kind of thing. Yeah. Having just regular missionary sex or doggy style or getting a vibrator or maybe throwing in a butt plug, that's just not enough for Toby Taylor and his wife, Kristen. No. They've got to start shocking each other's genitals. Right. They've got to be unique and different, and that always leads to problems. When will that stop? It never will. It's human nature. So Toby first said his 29-year-old wife, Kristen, was shocked by a hairdryer. But when police found burns on the nether regions of her body... He eventually folded and said he clipped a cord to his wife and uh, plugged into a power strip, and I guess she was uh, electrocuted. See, when I hear the, that he clipped it to his wife, I'm thinking of, like, 
Nipple clamps? <clears throat> no, those clamps from the jumper cables from the car. <laughs> <laughs> now, dude, you would a girl would not want that on her labia. But a girl I know, girls that I know, wouldn't want uh, their labia to be shocked either. So who are you to say? Yeah, I guess I mean. I, but I you're right. That clamp would hurt even if it wasn't hooked up to electricity. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. She was found unconscious on Thursday night at the couple's Pennsylvanian home. Uh, she was then taken to the hospital where she's pronounced dead. Mr. Taylor here, 37 years old and a pervert, was jailed uh, on a $133,000 bail for involuntary manslaughter and reckless endangerment wow. charges. They're not screwing around. He said he has repeatedly used this technique on his wife in the past and nothing oh, ever so happened. So he admits it. Yeah. York County coroner here said it was a case of bizarre sex. He says he's never seen anything like this. That's a surprise. Even if you did it before, you have to know there's a chance you could kill someone. Um, the uh, police chief here says that they thought that the woman died of a heart attack, which was caused by an electric shock. Right. So um, they That's haven't the ex- exactly determined the uh, the exact cause yet. Because you've been shocked before, right? You don't, you don't die, but but if you're repeatedly doing it, it can sort of sync up with your you know the electrical currents in your heart, and uh, you know just shut everything down. I think. Yeah, but dude, if That's you think my about completely it, completely uninformed okay. medical opinion. When a woman is having sex, when you're a woman is stimulated, she gets wet. Down there in her vagine. So she's obviously flowing with juices. Dude, juices, you stick an electrical current onto that, it's going to shock her. Yeah. Moisture and electricity are bad news. And so, I mean, this guy obviously is a dumbass, or maybe he was doing it on purpose. Yeah. It doesn't say if there's any insurance It doesn't say he's a normal Dahmer type. (laughs) You know, would he get the insurance? Probably or something not, like this. this. Well, with the hairdryer explanation, maybe. But now that they found out that it was, uh, well, I, I, don't I don't think there's a, clause, I think there's a clause in the insurance contract that says, you know, I don't understand. If you're doing though. some freaky sex shit with electricity, you lose your your payout. Okay, now Wackerly, let's say you're in this guy's situation. You're having sex with your girl, and uh, she inexplicably dies. What are you gonna say? Damn, baby, my dick is just huge. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. It's I mean, too much for. I'm impressed the dude came up with the hairdryer thing. I, I mean, I don't know. Was he trying to shove it into her pussy? I, I don't know how she got burns down there, but yeah. uh, I don't know how he's going to like explain that. I want to know if she was purely shaved because I just don't even want to imagine the smell of burning pubic minge. Yeah, I guess that would. I don't know if that would smell too great. So on the sick and wrong scale, definitely really strange. He gets points for originality. I mean, he. I don't know how many people have died from being electrocuted from sex during a sex act. I've never heard of it before, so I'm going to give this quite a high score. I'm giving it four stars. I'm going to give it four and three quarters because it's a very different story that we have never it's heard unique, before. It's yeah. unique, and we've never done it. And uh, kudos to you, Paula, for bringing in something so interesting. People, you can vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who had the most repulsive story here for episode 107. <laughs> You're tuned into Open Grave Radio on the web at opengraveradio.com. Wackerly is nearing the end of the show, and uh, typically we uh, tend to get the listener email, and uh, we also have calls that have been coming into the Sick and Wrong Hotline. People, feel free to drunk dial the Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. The number's also on our website, sickandwrongpodcast.com. I think we have one call. I know we have one call or four calls we received. Let's play that one right here. All right. Hey, 
have a question for you guys. Um, is uh, Wackily too busy jacking off to tranny porn in order to keep the uh, forum up? What's up? The forum's gone. Fix it. Uh, this is our tart. All right, bye. Wow. <laughs> that guy's pissed off, dude. Haven't so, we pointed out that that we link to the forum, but we don't know, maintain we don't the maintain forum. the forum. Well, what I think I'm I I post on the forum once in a while. What I think is even more interesting: Are you too busy whacking off to tranny porn than to go and uh, maintain the forum there? No, no, I manage my time quite well. <laughs> <laughs> it cracked me up though, but you know what though? He has a point. I, I've kind of been lax with the forum. I, you know, I'm not a good forum. I'm not. I've never been a big forum participant. I don't go to many forums. It's I do. Not I read we blogs. We, it's not because we don't appreciate. I I appreciate the forum. I just have lots of tranny porn to beat off to, and it takes up a lot of my time. So I can't go over there when I, as much as I would like. Well, as uh, Artard here pointed out, there is some forum drama going on i don't know if you've been reading the emails here wackerly but uh remember the guy that did the sick and wrong podcast fan site right. die hard yeah so die hard was the first person who created a forum for us and this was a right. while ago yeah i guess there are issues with the forum because people can swear on it and he wanted he said that he couldn't host it anymore because he didn't want to pay for it. i don't know there were some huge issues going there there are several issues that were going out going on with it well, as it turned out the forum was taken down. And so several people received this um, forum message that came from if they went to the forum site. There's a wow. message up there. I didn't know so many people were actually using it. I mean, dude, we, we got like at least 12 emails here. <laughs> so this one here comes from uh, – I don't know if this comes from Ron or if this comes from uh, – uh, yeah, this was sent in by Ron. He just basically uh, copied the uh, message from Die Hard that's on the uh, the forum page. It says, whatever, he says, what the fuck? Hey, no more forum. And then he, here's the uh, quote that's on the page. Due to the content on the SW forums, we have been forced to shut down. I did have plans to create a new forum before this occurred, but unfortunately, D and Lance didn't feel the need to return my emails. <laughs> because of this, there is no longer SW forum or a backup plan. Wow, Sorry to all of you. I did the best I could. Die hard. You know who we are? We're the man. Dude, you're the man, an asshole. The, no, both of us are. We're the man, and we kept this guy down. We and we totally keep the forum did. down. Because we, we don't have time to, to pay attention to the little people, apparently. You know, you know what I think it is? I don't think you care enough about the internet. <laughs> I mean, well, I that's where, where do you think I get all my tranny porn? <laughs> I care greatly about it. I think you need to focus some more time, some more interaction here with the, with the forum fans. Is there going to be tranny porn posted? <laughs> well, so I read that, and you know what? I felt really bad. I felt bad. And so I uh, I emailed Die Hard, and I, I issued a mea culpa. I was like, you know, I'm sorry. I've, I've been involved with other aspects of my life, and, uh, you know, I've been in work and doing the show. I just haven't had time to maintain the forum. You know, I, and it's my bad. It's my bad. I should have emailed him because I didn't even realize the forum was taken off. Well, apparently he tried to set up a new forum at uh, Open Grave Radio because Open Grave Radio has a forum page. All right. And uh, Die Hard says, I've been busting my ass, and you bitches don't even reply to my motherfucking emails. Exclamation point. I was forced to shut down. But James from Open Grave Radio let us set up on his forum. So if you want my help, at least appreciate it. So I wrote Die Hard back and I said, listen, dude, we totally appreciate any help we can get with a forum. I'm a bit of a forum retard. I don't tend to go to the forums very often. And so <laughs> it's if not we can. Rocket science. 
I know, but I just don't do it. I, I don't sign up, and I don't know all the jargon, the BRB and the flame wars, or whatever the fuck it is that people talk about on forums. I'm just not good at it. And I, I don't know. I just don't do it. Whereas you, Wackerly, you tend to go to forums. Yes. I think you need to pull your weight here. What do you want me to do? Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Just go very, up. My, go. I'm not even going to say I have such shit to do. I'm just very disorganized, all right? <laughs> that, isn't that obvious to everybody at this point? But you know what, though? I, tell I think, me what to do and I will do it. I think I speak for both of us here. We appreciate the hard work that Die Hard was putting into this forum. Yeah. Yeah, we totally Is do. Is that what you want me to do? Express yeah. my thanks? Gratitude. I'm That's gra- it. I'm gracious. I'm grateful for this because... Yeah, I'm too much of a lazy motherfucker to maintain a forum page. Right. And I think that is. But you know what? The fact that we You should go there and do at least one post a week. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm right now, I'm issuing a promise to all people that sign up for the new Sick and Wrong Forum. I'm going to be issuing at least two posts a week. I'm going to go on there, sign up, and just answer some questions, put in my own posts, share some funny videos, because I come across a lot of funny shit that is emailed to us that people never even get to see. Yeah. And you all know why? Because we're going to have a new forum from another person who listens to the show, a guy named Sacrilegium, Sac here, who's actually won before. He wrote in, I have an offer for you guys. I own stormclad.com and have a forum already set up there. You can visit it, check it out at your leisure. Within the forum, I have various subforms. I'd love to make a sick and wrong subform, and all your fans would be welcome to come there. No charge for this. He says, I own my own site. There's no content restrictions, short of child porn or something severely illegal. Uh, D can post a link directly to the specific subform on your site, and we'd be set. He's like, I thought I'd offer. You know, the sick and wrong forum's toast. And uh, I would love to host a forum on my server. So you know what? I took it up. I took him up on his offer here. So Sacrilegium is now going to set us up with a new sick and wrong forum. So the open grave idea is now out. Now it's the Sacrilegium forum. Yeah, because I think we can have our own forum there rather right. than just having a, a, sure. a space on this other forum. So All people, right. I'm going to lay the drama for the forums at rest. Go check it out. We're going to put up a new link to the new forum on our page. You can go check out the new forum. I'm going to be on there. Wackley's going to be on there at least two posts a week. You know, we're going to go on and, uh, and uh, interact with people. They're going to be so great, too. You're going to just not even believe how awesome the posting is. Oh, it's going to be so much cooler than the show that we do. <laughs> and I'd like to say a big uh, big up here to uh, Die Hard and Sacrilegium for helping out the Sick and Wrong podcast and getting this up there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, definitely go check out the new and improved Kick-Ass Sick and Wrong Forum. At the new link, which is going to be on our site. <laughs> uh, finally, we've got another email here from a guy named Zahn. Zahn says, having my breakfast on this early uh, morning, I came across this story. It's about a scat fetish terrorist who's been throwing frozen cubes of his ec- excrement into people's cars in Norway. Mind you, the article has disgusting pictures. I could not send you, send you this pearl. Oh, I couldn't wait to send you this pearl enjoy and though you uh, didn't ask i'm a belgian living in china i don't know why and i've seen my fair share of sick and wrong things here <laughs> uh, you know i imagine you do there, there's a lot of sick and wrong things that happen in china go go visit some chinese zoos and send us some pictures here zon so uh, i guess he sent this to us because i did a story last week about the uh, shit vandal right well there's a dude in norway who is one of the most feared criminals, has just recently been arrested. He's been called the poo-poo terrorist because he vandalizes victims' cars with human excrement. 
Which I, is bad, but but that, I guess that says something about Norway that he's one of the most feared criminals. There. <laughs> there's not that much going on there. <laughs> not much crime, at least. So Alicia Vitama here got her car filled with almost ten liters of a brown smelling substance. Ten liters. Ten liters, dude. It's quite a lot of cubes. He cube. saves up his cubes, which I wonder if he uses like an ice tray for it. I didn't, I didn't even know. Uh, the poo-poo terrorist threw his frozen cubes of his own excrement into cars for almost a year, something that has cost car owners thousands of dollars to clean up. The attacks have been a riddle to the police in uh, Ostfinmark, Norway, until now. They received a tip, and they arrested a 50-year-old man. While searching the suspect's house, the police found frozen cubes of human excrement in his freezer. They also found objects that can tie into the crime train. scene. How else would you do that? I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe some kind of weird Norwegian black metal ice cube tray. I, I, I wouldn't want to be this guy's friend and over at his place and be like, hey, dude, can I eat one of these fudge sickles? Oh. Uh, Does it taste should, like fudge? Dude, you should see these pictures because what's funny to me is so this guy's a shit vandal and, and Norway's like he's one of the most feared criminals. This happens all the time in the tenderloin. Seriously, I've known three people who have had their cars either shit on. I guess not their car filled with ice cubes full of yeah, shit. Yeah, not frozen because yeah, crackheads don't have access to refrigeration. No, it's just warm and runny. But uh, no, I remember, you know, we our mutual friend, Vinny. Yeah. He had the entire side of his car shit on and smeared. <laughs> I mean, when he, right when he first moved here. Yeah. And then it happened again, actually, just like a big pile of feces on his front bumper. <laughs> so I, I think... Crapping on cars is kind of a popular way to, I don't know, get, get back at the man. Well, to give back at Vinny, apparently. I've wanted to crap on his stuff before, too. Yeah, same with Sometimes me. Sometimes it can be kind of irritating. <laughs> well, the I actually was the guy that smeared it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Zan, for sending that in. And thank God they caught the poo-poo terrorist who was terrorizing Norway. Yeah, what are they going to be? Who's going to be the greatest criminal there now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, people, um, I, we mentioned the last podcast. We're now on uh, Tank Radio. That's our new affiliate. And uh, it's TANCradio.com, TANCTV.com. Right. Both links, go, both of those addresses go to the same page. Go to the same page, yeah. And we're part of the radio part here. But Tank TV has added live streaming cable channels to their new community website, ESPN, CNN, and MSNBC are just a few of the channels. You can join the tank community, apparently. And I guess there's like 250,000 members. And they're getting all these new TV shows. So it's kind of cool to be a part of uh, Tank Radio. We're on Thursdays from 4 to 5 p.m. right before um, From the Ville. So go check it out. Join the tank community army at TANCTV. Com. Also, I want to hype uh, Open Grave Radio, which is opengraveradio.com. We're on, I guess, Friday mornings at midnight. But uh, right before us, it's the Thursday night comedy hour at 10 to 12 is uh, the Brutally Funny Comedy Show, which is two hours each week of brutal stand-up comedy featuring Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Henry Rollins, Bill Hicks, and many others. And stick around at midnight for the sickest show on the airwaves, Sick and Wrong. Thursday nights are for comedy on Open Grave Radio. So go check out OpenGraveRadio.com. So are we opening up for From the Ville or uh, because we're on before them? Are we the warm-up act? I don't know if you realize this, but From the Ville is the flagship radio show for, uh, for Tank, Tank, TV? Tank TV. Wow. They've said I guess that, I'm honored. I, I listened to From the Ville the past time, and they must have said that like 30 times. We're the flagship show. <laughs> so so, so we're, the, we're the show when people are just starting to get their buzz on. They're kind of heckling us. 
yeah. not really laughing, yelling at us, saying, yelling, They're the headliner. Get off the stage. They're the headliner. Get off the stage, you morons. <laughs> you and heck. Then, and then Martin and Steele come out, and everybody gives a big round of applause and laughs their asses off. They're the headliner. Okay. Yes, it is. I just wanted to know where we stood. But I like to be a part of Tank TV. And, you know, I think it's an honor opening up for From the Ville. I'll do that anytime. Uh, people, if you haven't already, go give us a vote on iTunes. Subscribe to the show and give us a vote. I think it's funny because at least you can read those votes, and those votes are there forever. Yeah. So we, we've been getting all these a uh, lot of positive feedback on iTunes. It does definitely help Sick and Wrong. So go subscribe to Sick and Wrong on iTunes. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, episode 108. Until then, take a sleazy. Okay, bye. Gary and Melissa love to make love, love to make love, love to make love to each other over and over and over again. For the first few weeks of their relationship, they made love four or five times a night. They were really turned on for a while. Then to heighten their passion, they bought sex books. The Joy of Sex, The Sensuous Couple, The Joy of Sex Part 2, The Kama Sutra, even yet still more Joy of Sex, Popular Mechanics, Betty Crocker, anything. They tried as many positions as they were capable of. Physically, physically, physically. They were really turned on for a while. Then, to heighten their passion, they bought sex toys. Benoit balls, French ticklers, nipple clamps, cock rings, whips and chains and bondage gear, bowling balls, dildos, vibrators, watermelons, commemorative statuettes of liberty, anything. They were really turned on for a while. They set up a video camera and taped themselves having sex. Then they watched it on the VCR while having more sex. Then, to heighten their passion, Gary taped Melissa having sex with some of his friends, and Melissa taped Gary having sex with some of her friends. Then they watched it on the VCR while having more sex. They were really turned on. As the years went by, Gary and Melissa became fine, upstanding members of their community. Although they never married, their relationship outlasted all the marriages on their block, and they never fought except to heighten their passion. They had made an agreement that when one of them died, the other would continue to live with and make love to the corpse. But as luck would have it, they were both killed in a freak accident and died at the exact same moment, holding hands.